I can sleep pretty well most nights, but I can also wake up at the touchdown of a feather hitting my floor. Sunday night I did just that. I had my window open, letting the breeze cool down my sheets. The rain had cleaned the air like it does in the mountains. There's no scent like that anywhere else I've ever been. Frogs were making love and making music outside again by the water. And then I sensed something moving in my room. I could hear the wind. It was whistling through this busted-out window at the top of the stairs. I hadn't had time to get it screened in again. These windows were open to any creature of the night. And this house was old and dark, with aged wood and a tin roof and openings in the rafters. I'd had a few night visitors before. I was used to it, but... My bare feet touched the wood floor. It was warm. I walked as quietly as a cat, moving through the dark so I wouldn't disturb whatever this was in my house. I didn't want to run it off until I knew what I was dealing with. And then there it was. This crooked, good-sized bat came flying right by my face. I could feel its little wing as it brushed by my skin in this lopsided flight. I let out a yelp and ducked my head fast. The bat seemed to be flipping out, and it just kept coming for my face. I jumped back, and the back of my head hit the wall. I must have looked like a wet spider stuck to the wall with my fingers all spread out. I got really still, and then I saw it pretty well by the moonlight coming through the open curtain. It was fluttering around in the dark. The bat would swoop down low in the middle of the room, but it always stayed really high when it got near the walls, so I moved along that wall and into the next room. Another one! There were two bats flying around in this old dark house with me at two o'clock in the morning. I started stepping quicker. I opened the front door, and then I made my way up the stairs carefully, got to my studio and shut the door. I was about to reach for the light, and then another bat in my studio made a beeline for my head. What the hell? Was I the count from Sesame Street? Fortunately, the second I opened the door back up, that one went flying out and straight out the upstairs window. I waited for the bats downstairs to find their way out, and I haven't seen them since. But then my thoughts turned straight to fear of, COVID-19 and and being infected by a bat. I have isolated myself out here in the country for the past several months, thought I was doing good, and now I've got to deal with bats? I stayed up the rest of the night researching any correlation there might be between bats and this pandemic. In legit journals, of course, and papers written by scientists and research labs, not articles from profiting media companies. I fixed myself some coffee. I turned on all the brightest lights in my studio. I put on a pair of sunglasses, and I started to read. This is Natural and Wild with Christine Grayson. I'm a storyteller and an independent artist. In this episode, I'll be talking about bats and social groups and behaviors. Research scientists over at Bat Conservation International claim that you cannot contract COVID-19 from a bat directly. My opinion is that it's highly unlikely, 
The percentage of that possibility is really low, but I don't believe any person can yet claim any definitive answer like that because, frankly, we just don't know. Scientists working around the clock have still not figured out how that virus made its way into our human bodies, and most people say there had to be some intermediate species that took the virus from the bat to the human. One person, one person I've seen in the World Health Organization says he believes it could have come directly from a bat without an intermediate species. Again, could have been a bat, could have not been a bat. We don't know. Nobody knows to this day which animal harbored the COVID-19 strain and how that got passed to a human being. The biggest guess we've got is that it came from eating a particular animal, and there is the high probability that it originated from illegal wildlife trade in a particular wet market that was selling those luxury meats under the radar, which does include all kinds of animals, not just bats. And there are some very unsanitary conditions going on in those situations. However, it still can't be traced from any particular one because as soon as that virus spread and it gained publicity, somebody cleaned up those markets before investigations could fully get off the ground. It was like erasing all the evidence from a possible crime scene. So the bottom line is that we don't really know and we're playing blame games and we're causing chaos without logistics. People are making guesses, and they're acting out of rage and fear. Any illegal black market trade is dangerous, and it usually happens right under our noses within plain sight. There's no underground black market railroad where you specifically go to find illegal things. I know this because I worked on the black market years ago. Not going to tell you what I sold, but trust me, everything is dangerous. It's not regulated, and I promise you, there are plenty of authorities involved in shady ways. So the likelihood that a virus could have come from illegal wildlife trade in another country is extremely likely. It doesn't surprise me at all. That being said, I don't engage in illegal activities anymore, and I have been clean for years. I do not advocate it, not even for someone who's absolutely desperate for money, like I was at the time, because you can seriously get hurt, and you can seriously hurt somebody else. I was lucky I got out in time. And the only reason I mention this is because I grew up And I believe that it is imperative that people who have done shady things try to turn that around at some point and use their experience and their advice to help people who don't know that much about those shady things. It really does work to help keep people safer, more informed. These people can avoid being targets in some situations, like the person who might have purchased an illegal substance at a market that might be responsible for passing an infection that took a toll on the whole world. Now, I'm not the biggest advocate on over-regulating anything, but it's certainly helpful in situations that are set up and designed to hurt people really badly. I used to think that the majority of people would willingly make intelligent and decent decisions in a stressful situation like this one. 
But this pandemic has slapped me in the face with some reality and a little disappointment. And as far as the bats are concerned, they're getting a pretty bad rap right now. There are people going out and hunting down bat colonies, burning them to the ground, burning them out of their roosts, and trying to wipe out as many bats as they can. The biggest reason behind the fear of bats infecting humans comes from those public posts and articles that got written impulsively at a time where nobody knew what was going on yet. We were still in the complete dark. No real investigations had been done yet. And then these articles just continued to grow and continued, blown out of proportion, which mass groups of people are really good at doing. It's impulsive group thought. Group thought has so many different veins to it. We have compliance, agreeing to group behavior publicly, but not privately, just for the sake of keeping our positions and not being ostracized. We have normative conformity, which happens when we don't want to be emotionally rejected. There's informational conformity. That happens when we don't know what to do and we're looking for someone else with more experience to tell us what to do. This list of reasons and, and therefore subcategories of conformity is a big, big list. Bats, just like other animals and humans, have their own social system and they tend to conform to the group for their own particular reasons. Just about every species of life on this planet has a complex social system that encourages conformity to the group. But bats, unlike people, don't bully and beat up on each other. That's something primates do. It's something chickens do. This happens in social systems where there's a distinct hierarchy. Humans run on hierarchies. So do a lot of animal species. But bats are unique in this part of their social interaction. Bats are usually grouped under a maternal society, and these females will influence the behavior of the males. But instead of the normal pecking order or challenge to establish a queen bee status, female bats will actually live in harmony with each other. There is no hierarchy. Now, sometimes the males will fight for dominance, but this is only when they want to make their way into a colony of females. Males are solitary. They don't have hierarchies within their own gender. They just occasionally fight for that female colony they've been eyeballing. Oh, and guess what? Bats are not blind. They actually see really well. But getting back to group behavior... Why do humans tend to go overboard with their jumping-on-board-the-bandwagon habits? We can take an idea, any idea in the world, and we can pervert it into something that becomes so dangerous so fast. Why are we doing that? Could it be that our narcissism takes over and, and we end up challenging each other as to who can solve the problem first? That goes back to competition, that need to establish ourselves in the pecking order or hierarchy. Or is that behavior being driven out of fear? Fear that we're going to lose everything, including this sublime freedom everybody seems to think they have. Humans apparently have a, a very hard time living in harmony. 
but I don't want to leave anybody with this horrible outlook on life during a pandemic. Like bats, we do have subcultures, and a lot of us are capable of holding on to our inherent good personal convictions. We have this art of complex reasoning that we're gifted with, and we're capable of becoming aware of our bad habits, admitting our bad habits, and then consciously taking actions to make ourselves better. We do it all the time. Look at anybody who's ever gone through a 12-step program or anyone previously engaged in shady things who's turned their life around. I'm one of them. I've made mistakes. I used to be cold. I didn't think I was afraid to die, and I didn't care if what I was doing was going to cause my death. Until it almost did. And I turned myself around. And so can anybody else who on the surface might look like they're just going to be impossible and destructive forever. Most of the time it takes something really dangerous and having our quality of life seriously threatened before we'll wake up and make those changes. And maybe this is it for some people. It just might take a while. I know it looks like humanity's in a downward spiral, but I actually hold on to faith that this is going to filter out a lot of bad habits and change a lot of things for the better. It's too easy to forget that that squeaky wheel always gets the attention, and intelligent, respectful people usually stay quiet and let the chaos ride itself out until it starts to vanish. Intelligent people wait. Intelligent people do research. They keep each other encouraged. They don't make impulsive decisions. They help their friends. They watch their families. Don't be fooled into thinking everybody on this planet has lost their minds. You're just seeing the footage and the news flashes of the ones who have. It's easier to capture what people are doing at any time of day now, and you can't go anywhere without a tracker or a camera on the side of some building somewhere. You've probably got a tracker in your back pocket right now. So we're all going to see you online if you go berserk on somebody. But everybody is not going berserk. Remember that. The majority of what we're all hearing right now is that chaos and it's not going to last forever. Nothing ever does. Remember what I said on last week's sexier podcast than this one about how other people's chemical signals can change our behavior? Become aware of that and try to relax. It helps in changing your own responses and behaviors when you know why you feel a certain way and, and you feel like you have to respond to certain things. If you can become sensitive to that and really aware of what your body's doing in response to other people's actions, you can exert more control over your own body and your own mind. Now, in my new magazine project, which is available on my website, christinegrayson.com, I talked about how I learned how to slow down my own heartbeat under stress and manage my breathing and actually alter the chemical signals that I was sending out out of a need for survival. I learned control over functions of my own body that I didn't think I had control of. And as I practiced this, the responses I'd get from things and people around me was amazing. It was amazing what I could do 
by simply altering or changing the chemical signals I was sending out to everybody. We have so much power over influencing things and people around us if we just relax, learn to control ourselves, and learn to recognize when we're responding to group behaviors that are going to be destructive and not help anybody. We're all tied up in this together, humans, bats, regrets and ambitions, and we have powerful minds. The energy in our heads could light up cities. If you find yourself faced with a scary bat to the face, take a minute and relax. Close your eyes, find a wall, feel your way out of that dark state of mind. Open the door and breathe. You haven't run out of light yet. It's still all right there in your heart. This has been Natural and Wild with me, Christine Grayson. I want to take a second and thank some very special people, the newest continuing contributors of this show. Thank you so much to Bruce Presson, a friend of the family and a man who's supported my sister's band, Tawathadia, for a really long time now. Thank you for standing by me too, Bruce. And thank you so much to Chris Nolan, a very supportive friend of mine. Thank you for your encouragement and your beautiful correspondence. Please don't hesitate to leave a review if you liked the show. This is a listener-supported podcast, and I'm grateful to everybody who shares, reviews, or supports Natural and Wild. Be good to each other, and have a great weekend.